Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, and welcome back to another amazing episode here on GEMS Podcast. With me in the hot seat today is Mike Cavagioni, and let me tell you a bit about Mike. So Mike is currently in the Navy, but soon to be no longer. He is originally from Long Island, New York, and currently living in Iwa Beach, Hawaii. He joined the Navy in 2002 and has served for 20 whopping years. In conjunction with his Navy career, Mike is a licensed realtor associated, associate, a financial coach, real estate investor, and podcast host. With his military retirement approaching, his focus shifted to financial independence and entrepreneurship. Mike owns real estate in Hawaii, Virginia, Oregon, and Texas. Ooh, shout out to Texas. Mike is the host of the Average Joe Finances Podcast, a top 1% internationally ranked podcast. He started Average Joe Finances to share his guests as well as his own adventures in becoming financially independent. Mike's mission is to provide relevant and informative content that will help others in their own financial independence journey, beat debt, control your wealth, and control your future. And without further ado, please welcome Mike Cavagioni. Wow, Genesis, thank you so much for that wonderful intro. I appreciate it. My pleasure. I hope I've done your bio justice. Absolutely. Yeah, it just, it sounds so much better when, when you read it than when I like wrote it up. Yeah, sounds legit. (laughs) I almost want to pat myself on the back, but that's kind of like snobby. No, that's okay. It's okay to toot your own horn. (laughs) No, that was, that was really good. Really good. But actually funny thing though, I will point out that um, it's Eva beach, Hawaii in Hawaii, the W's are actually pronounced with a V. So for, for people that, yeah, that are listening. So, you know, like if you ever come out to Hawaii, it's actually pronounced Hawaii, right? So when you come out here, uh, just, you know, anything with a a W, if the W's not the first letter, it's pronounced as a, as a V. Oh, so Eva Beach, Eva Beach, mm-hmm. yep. and then Hawaii, 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 wait, okay, Hawaii. say it one more time, Hawaii, ha- Hawaii, Hawaii, like, just turn the W into a V, Hawaii, Hawaii, yep, that, that's how you would properly and... pronounce it, yep, interesting, <laughs> see, you're teaching us Americans some new tricks, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're a different part of America, let me just say that, <laughs> I'm in Texas, so we say things totally different, if that makes it, makes you feel just, better. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so before we dive into personal finances and real estate investing, which is definitely your jam, I always like to, you know, break the ice and give my guests a chance to connect with the audience in a fun and personal way. So since you are familiar with the show, you know what comes next. We can do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? I think the rapid fire sounds fun. Okay, it's rapid fire. So we're playing rapid fire with Mike and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question number one. If you could hop in a time machine 
and give younger Mike a piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, that is a fantastic first question. Uh, so I would tell younger Mike uh, that, you know, don't be afraid to start investing earlier in life and actually pay attention to where you're putting your money because uh, the current Mike would be in a much better position if younger Mike would have taken advice like that when he was younger. Question two, why did you name your show Average Joe Finances? So this this is a funny one, but when I was looking to document my journey in personal finance, I started this blog and I said, I need to find a good name for this. And I was like, let me look at like what kind of domain names are available. And it just so happened averagejoefinances.com was available. So I said, perfect. My middle name is Joseph. So I've got some claim to the name. So I'm going to snatch this one up. And that's actually how I, I got Average Joe Finances. Amazing. Three. I am very detail-oriented, and I see you are detail-oriented by the colorful tats on your arm. So are there any significant reasons behind the tats? Well, if you see some of the ones I have here, for those that can see the video, uh, I'm a very avid Star Wars fan, so I do have a Star Wars sleeve on my right arm. Uh, everything else has some type of meaning to it. So this this uh, turtle that I have here, I got this at my my ten year anniversary. Went right after my wife and I went uh, swimming with the sea turtles in Maui, and then um, all the other ones are like stuff I got on deployments, or I have a navy tattoo that's up here as well. So all different things that have meaning. You know, my my mother and and the date that she passed and all of that. So they all have some type of relative meaning to me. Uh, except for maybe the Star Wars one, but it, it does have relative meaning to me because I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So, yeah. Three, no, four. If you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be and why? Wow. Okay. So any significant moment, I would probably recreate the, the day I got married, right? So um, interesting thing. So my wife and I actually eloped and uh, it was... Uh, basically a really quick, she flew down from New York. I picked her up at the airport, brought her back to my apartment so she can get changed into her dress. I threw on a nice shirt and some pants. And that, that day the Navy had me like painting all day. So I had blue paint all over my hands. I couldn't get it off. Right. Uh, and then I, you know, we went to the justice of the peace. We were 15 minutes late, like after the court closed, but they waited for us because I called them and said, please, please, please wait. My wife, my, my fiance flew in and literally this is the, she's flying back Sunday. Like this is the only day we could do this. Please wait. And they did. And we, we, you know, we, we got married and it was, um, it was awesome. But at the same time, like if I can kind of redo that, I probably would have planned a little bit better. Uh, so we weren't rushing so much. And, uh, you know, I probably would have really worked harder on making sure my chain of command understood that, yes, I am in fact getting married today, even though you all said you don't believe me. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's probably one thing I would change. Awesome. Well, for the next um, anniversary milestone, maybe you could recreate it and like exchange vows and et cetera, and just kind of work out those kinks. Yeah. So we actually, we actually did that at our one year anniversary. So we did a whole thing. We had like this whole big, like, uh, it was like big, big reception party. And, uh, we treated it as if it was like, you know, our post wedding reception. It was, it was really awesome. Super cool. Five. Are you a coffee tea or neither drinker? I am a huge coffee drinker. 20 years in the Navy will do that to you, especially when you're standing watches late at night while the ship is traversing across the ocean 
and you have to make sure that you're not going to hit anything. So you want to be very alert and awake. So uh, I drink coffee from very nice flavored coffee to the sludgy stuff that's been sitting in there for hours. It just, it just depends on how badly I need to stay awake. Six, if you could have a lunch or dinner with any person past or present, who would it be? Uh, honestly, it would be my dad uh, because I uh, lost him a couple of years ago. It was very unexpected. He had cancer and it was shortly after we came out here to Hawaii. Like the biggest thing that him and I talked about was, hey, you know, I'm going out to Hawaii. I was like, you know, you can come out and visit. And we'll go fishing because that was our thing was fishing together. Um, so if I could, I would I would go to lunch with him and then we'd go out fishing. That would be my ideal lunch date with my dad. Mm, I love that sentiment. I lost my dad in 2020 unexpectedly. So hands down, definitely doing that too. Seven, if you could be a fly on the wall, Mike, and eavesdrop on any conversation, what conversation are you listening into? Uh, I would be listening into any type of like major real estate meeting that's going on. I'm talking about like the, the big wigs that are out there doing some big things. Like I'm listening. I'm, I want to be a fly on the wall in Grant Cardone's room when they're sitting there talking about, you know, what the next step is, what the next apartment building they're looking to buy and just see how he runs his operations. I mean, a lot of times he puts it out there publicly on social media. You get to see all that stuff, but man, to be a fly on the wall and just really understand the intricacies of what some of these bigger uh, corporations and real estate companies are doing would just be a, a, an amazing piece of information to have in the back of your head. Mm. Hey, if you could interview any celebrity on your podcast to just pick their brain for 30 minutes to an hour, who are you pitching? Yeah, see, this this is a tough one for me, and I've gone back and forth on on who I would ideally want to have on but honestly, I'm going to go with a, a, a celebrity that has been on several other podcasts to talk about entre entrepreneurship, and that'd be Matthew McConaughey, because right after he wrote his book, uh, you know, one of the big things he was he was making his rounds on different podcasts and talking about it. But he has a very entrepreneurial mindset and uh, just I think it would be a generically good conversation to have. Mm, and he is Mick Dreamy. He actually spoke <laughs> at... <laughs> Um, a UH graduation, I think it was 2015, because I think that, yeah, because I graduated in 2016, and my friend graduated in 2015, and he spoke at their graduation, I was like, oh my gosh, and he's actually from Texas, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nine, dream car, dream home, or both? Uh, I, I would say, I would say dream home, because I kind of already have my dream car, um, and, and I kind of already have my dream home too. I mean, I, I live in Hawaii and I drive a Tesla, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with, uh, where I'm at right now. However, if I could kind of move my home closer to the beach, that would be ideal. So I would love to live on the water, but the other stuff that comes with it, the flood insurance and everything else is kind of off-putting, but ideally I would love to live on the water if possible. Super cool. And that brings us to 10, our pass or play question. Here are the rules. If you pass, our rules are reversed for this question and you get to ask me something. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Yeah, let's play. Let's go. Okie dokie. 
So I see that you have all those cool things behind you. What is your favorite piece behind you? Oh, you know, um, it's going to be between the, the little jellyfish that are back there because that's they're actually my daughters and she gave them to me to use. She's like, hey, that'd be really cool in the background for your podcasts and videos, daddy. And I'm like, yeah, it would be. So that it has like a little sentimental value to me. And then the thing next to it, you see uh, that right there. This is actually out of a magazine that my podcast was featured in uh, the March edition of podcast magazine. Um, so I've got that printed out. So that's pretty that's pretty dope, too. Super cool. So jellyfish and a magazine feature of, of your podcast, but the jellyfish, they're, they're fake, right? Yes. Okay. They're, they're not, they're not real jellyfish. No. Cause that would be like wicked if they were. <laughs> so thank you for playing rabbit fire Mike and audience. I hope that gives you a peek into who Mike is outside of personal finances and investing in real estate. So let's dive into personal finances and investing in real estate. Sometimes this can be intimidated because there are so many people who would love to get involved in real estate, but they may not necessarily have the capital. They may not know about turnkey providers and if that will work for them. They may not know about crowdfunding that you could actually buy a piece of property with other people. So tell us how you got involved in real estate yeah, so that's that's a great question. I appreciate it. And you know, I'll, I'll tell you, like right off the bat, initially, I got involved in real estate investing by accident. I bought my first property when I was 23 years old back in 2007, and we all know what kind of time frame that was. That was right before the market crash, so that kind of really hurt, and it left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, but I couldn't sell my property, and I was renting it out, and it wasn't making me money. I was actually losing over $300 a month while renting it out. So again, leaving a very poor taste in my mouth with this. And, you know, fast forward to when we were finally able to sell it, we had to short sell it for a little under a hundred thousand less than we paid for it a couple of years earlier, which was very painful and a tough pill to swallow. But we, we got past all that. We racked up a lot of debt in the process. So the next part of that was, getting rid of all that debt. And I can get into that at another time too. But, um, you know, after we were able to overcome that, uh, the, I still had this bug in the back of my head about investing in real estate. And that, and that goes back to when I was much younger, uh, conversations with my uncle, who was a real estate investor back in New York. He was working for the state and buying these properties. And, you know, I asked him, I was like, why are, why are you buying all these homes? Like, what's the point? And he said, look, he's like, I'm going to retire from the state. And, you know, my job's going to be going around and collecting rent checks. He's like, that's that's what I want to do. And he's like, that's what I want to do when I'm done with uh, the state. And uh, that's what I'm setting myself up for. And I was like, oh, that, that sounds great. Like, you know, you get to kind of go do whatever you want and just collect this passive income. So that bug has always been back there. And again, with that situation that happened back uh, between 2007, 2012, when, when we short sold that home, you know, it was, again, it was still just sitting back there. And, uh, you know, my wife and I came up with this plan to pay off all of our debt before we came out to Hawaii. And we, we wound up having about $40,000 in the bank when we came to Hawaii, right after paying off all of our debt. And we said, okay, we're going to buy a home in Hawaii. That is the, the end game. That is the goal, right? So we get out here to Hawaii and we were able, able to purchase our primary home here. I said, cool, we're all settled. Everything's good to go. We did some renovations, racked up a little more debt, paid that off. And I said, you know, I, I still got this 
this itch I need to scratch. I, I, I still want to invest in real estate. And I got to talking with a buddy of mine that we were stationed uh, back on the Theodore Roosevelt together back in 2012. So he kind of knew the pain I went through back then. And, you know, we got to chatting and he was telling me about the, the assets he owned. He had, I think, 28 or 30 doors at the time. So um, my, wife, my wife wasn't really on board because she was still feeling the pain from, from the short sale. And I said, hey, let's, let's go have lunch with them and just, just talk about a few things. Because I, I had been already been like looking up deals and like things that I thought we could tackle. And, you know, I, I, I was kind of telling her about it, but kind of like not, you know, just kind of I just wanted to be like, bam, here we go. Like, let's do this. So we go and we have lunch with our friends and we have this discussion and they're showing her like, you know, what they did. And then I'm showing them the deals that I found and she, I'm getting the, the, the entire side eye from my wife. Like, what, what, what do you mean that you found? What were you looking at? Right. Um, so, uh, you know, show them this and they said, Hey, yeah, these numbers look good, this and that. And I looked at her and said, see like this, this is something we can do, you know? And I, and I started to build that comfort, uh, with her and she's like, you know what, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's, do it. So I got her blessing. We moved forward. We bought a duplex in Chesapeake, Virginia. And uh, that was like the whole start of it. And that was actually at the end of 2019, but we closed on the property at the, in February of 2020. And then when we know, we know what happened after that, right? The world ended that following month in March. So again, another like, oh my gosh, why me type deal. But we didn't let that deter us. Uh, we, we had a tenant that couldn't pay rent, but we got it figured out. We got them set up with a housing program that actually helped them and paid their rent for them. So we were actually cash flowing on that property, $900 a month. We held on to it for a year. We sold it, took the profit, and then started investing in, a, in apartment buildings. And that's what we're doing now. So, um, but that I, kind of a long answer to your question, but that's kind of like how everything started and where I got that bug to invest in real estate. But even though you gave that long answer, it was necessary because then it painted us a picture of where you are now, because your uncle had, you know, planted a seed because he was doing that, then that got you interested, then even though, um, in that 2007 time period, you bought that house and you had a short short sale, it, you learned from that. And so you're getting the knowledge, then you go on and buy a property in Chesapeake, then bam, the pandemic, but that's also another learning curve that's giving momentum to, but then you'll, you learn how to find um, government funding programs to help your tenant with. And then now you're transitioning into commercial real estate in a sense by doing apartment, apartment buildings. So what made you make the switch from residential to commercial? It's as simple as I, I was going to real estate meetups and talking with other people that were doing it, that were in multifamily assets. And they said, you know, you can get involved uh, in this with us as well and be a passive investor and be a limited partner where you don't have to do anything. As long as you, you know, you look at our numbers and you feel like it's good and you're comfortable with giving us your capital, you can invest and be one of our partners. And, and basically you're a silent partner and you will just collect your distributions monthly or quarterly, depending on who you're investing with. Right. So I said, man, this, this, sounds like perfect for what I'm looking for because I was already super busy with my job in the Navy. Uh, also what I was doing on the side as a podcast host and, at the, and I just got my real estate license. So I was kind of working that a little bit too. And I'm like, I, I just don't have the time to sit here and try to find these deals right now. So there's got to be another way. And that's when, you know, at that meetup, when I, I discovered being a limited partner in, in uh, multifamily syndications. So that's, 
kind of where we, uh, you know, went towards. And I said, I don't have to worry about those two o'clock phone calls anymore that the, the toilet exploded or the outlet's not working or this and that. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down, I'm down. Let's do this. So we, uh, we started investing in multifamily and, uh, did our first one then. And then, uh, I just finished up, uh, just closed on the second one and the third one closes, uh, next week. So congratulations. Yeah. And thanks. With the multifamily syndications and you be being a limited partner and a silent partner, what are some of the pros and cons to that route? And how much does it take to get started in that, depending on what state you're investing in? Because the property value in Texas may be different than the property value in um, Chesapeake. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great question, Genesis. I appreciate that. So, you know, it's it's funny because I'm going to make it sound like there's cons to it, but to me, I feel like there's no cons, right? So I'll talk about uh, the pros, right? So as we're uh, investing in these multifamily properties, uh, the biggest pro for me is I don't have to do anything. I just have to wire money and and be, a, you know, hey, good to go. That's wonderful. You know, sign some documentation. Here's my money and then give me my money, you know? So um, that's pretty nice. The other piece of it that's nice is it's different than like if I was to take that money and put it in like a real estate investment trust, like in the stock market or like an index fund, because I get the benefits, I get the tax benefits of owning this real estate, right? So, uh, you know, when I filed my taxes this year, I got a K-1 in the mail, right? So this, it's like the tax um, documentation that you get when you're in a multifamily syndication. So I got a K-1 and I got to claim this huge loss. Like I was able to claim, I think, 85% of what I invested into it as a complete loss. And you're able to do that because these these larger apartment buildings do something called a cost segregation study where somebody comes in and says, okay, you can claim this for depreciation. You can claim this. You can do advanced depreciation on all the appliances and, oh, you replace the roof. You can claim this. And, oh, you, you know, here's some of the, the things that you guys fixed up that you were renovating. You can claim all this. So you take all this, you take this huge loss year one. So as you're doing these, if you keep rinse and repeating and you're, you're, you just have these going through in cycles, you're going to constantly be claiming these huge losses every year. And this is one of the reasons why a lot of people that invest in real estate pay very little taxes, right? If I wasn't able to claim the loss that I claimed this year, I would have paid, I, I had to pay this year. I had to pay uh, taxes and everything, but I paid significantly less than what I would have if I wasn't able to claim this loss on the investment that I that I put my money towards, right? Where if I was to put that money into the stock market or like a real estate investment trust, I would have to pay taxes on what I, you know, my unrealized gains and everything uh, for this for this year. So that was, you know, um, a, a couple pros that that go in that. One, you don't have to, you know, like really be involved at all. And two, the tax advantages you get. Now, now for cons, I'll say that, you know, you you're not part of the decision making process. So that is a con. Like you, you know, you can voice your opinion, and they can say, yeah, that's cool. Uh, don't worry about it. We got it right. You you have no say as a limited partner. Um, and the the only time you really know what's going on, I mean, you can call and find out like what's going on, but you'll get like a monthly or a quarterly update. Um, but that's it. So there's no like in between, you're not part of the operations. Like if something goes wrong and there's a huge cost that comes up, 
you're not like getting a phone call to say, Hey, this happened. And you know, we, we need to spend this much money. So it's going to affect your distribution or anything like that. No, you'll find out on the next update, like, Hey, your next distribution might be a little bit less because this happened. Now I haven't had any of that happen to me or anything. I'm just, I'm just saying that's a possibility, right? So that I would say that's a con. Um, but yeah, that, I would say that that's the pros and cons of, of uh, doing like a commercial uh, multifamily as a limited partner. Thank you for sharing that and walking through both sides of it, because there's always a way to compare and contrast just to make sure that it makes sense for you, depending on where you are in your journey to really bring in that passive income. And then whenever you think about syndication versus maybe turnkey, what is the difference between having a turnkey provider who may go out and source those residentials, but there are some turnkey providers that um, source commercial as well, whether they're um, office building, storage units and facilities, or what you're doing, which are the apartments and stuff. Yeah. So Genesis, that's another, another great question. And, you know, there's a lot of great turnkey providers out there and there are a lot of advantages and disadvantages to turnkey. So um, I, I'm not the biggest fan of turnkey because when you look at what your initial investment is going to be when purchasing a turnkey property, it, it's the amount of your return on investments usually going to be less, right? Because everything was already done for you. The property was already renovated. Everything's fixed up. So that cost, it, you know, you're paying for that cost upfront. Like everything was done. Now, and of course, there's going to be like any type of upcharge or anything because, hey, you know, they need to make their profit too when they sell you this, this property, uh, you know, and they're going to make sure that the number is going to work. Otherwise, it's not really considered a turnkey. So if you're not going to be cash flowing, it's not really, you know, now you're just buying an asset for appreciation and that's not really what a turnkey is considered. Now, some benefits to that is the work's already done. Like you don't have to worry about that stuff. You're, you're generally getting a property that you hopefully knock on wood, won't have any issues or at least any major issues for at least five years because they either, you know, replace the roof. They changed out the plumbing. They changed out the electricity. You know, they replaced appliances and, and things like that. So that stuff was already done. Um, but again, like I said, one of the cons to that is because that stuff was already done, you're, you're paying a premium on that, right? You're paying for the, the work that was already done. So for a lot of people, though, turnkey is a great way to get involved in real estate, especially if you want to be a little more hands-off, but it's a little more hands-on than being like a limited partner in a syndication or things like that, because you take that turnkey asset, it is now yours, so when there's a problem, yeah, you might have a property manager that came with the property, uh, but they're going to be the ones calling you and saying, hey, I know that you just bought this and probably weren't expecting this, but the toilet exploded or you know, a, a pipe burst or this happened or somebody slipped and fell on the property and now they're suing you. So there's all of that where as a limited partner in a syndication – I'm not worried about that stuff and I'm not getting those phone calls and nobody's suing me. So, um, you know, it's, it's give a little, take a little, but, um, I know several people that do turnkey properties. They swear by it. And it's just, it's where your comfort level is, right? Because you're buying something that's a little in, in better shape. You know, you don't have to do a lot of work to it versus, you know, buying a, you know, a fixer upper that you're going to fix up and then rent out and you're going to get better bang for your buck with that. But you're putting a lot of that work in. You're hiring the contractors. You're building that team to go out there and take care of that work. Whereas a turnkey, that team's already in place and you're just saying, here's my down payment. 
let me buy the property. So. Amazing. And thank you for um, describing the difference between the two, because I think whenever someone is walking into this ramp, it's new. And I want to make sure that they have enough knowledge and information where they're making the best decision, where they're not like, oh my gosh, I'm, ca I'm instead of cashing in, I'm cashing out so much money. And then they feel like, okay, this is not for me when very well, it could be for you. If you would have did your due diligence and really asked the right questions and accept so Mike, with me not being a real estate expert like yourself, my background is supply chain and logistics, and I spent 12 years in oil and gas. Is there anything else that you wish I would have asked but didn't where you think that it could be value added to this conversation? No, Genesis, I would say that like these, these are fantastic questions, especially when trying to pull out like specific details on, on real estate just to Again, we're talking about wave top stuff right here. Like you really, if you're going to go buy a turnkey deal or you want to get involved in a syndication, you really need to go and educate yourself on it. I would say that is the, the number one thing is educating yourself. Um, I only know what I know from going to different meetups, learning the stuff from other people, and then actually doing it myself. So, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of trial and error. Um, I've tried a lot of things and there was a lot of error in a lot of things too. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I try to utilize the experience that I've had, you know, in just the short time that I've been doing this a little over two and a half years, right. Uh, versus somebody who's going in completely green. Uh, and, and that was me two and a half years ago. And what did I do? I went out and found people that were doing this, that knew what they were doing. I picked their brain. Then I started going to meetups and I was picking people's brains there, figuring out what they're doing. Um, I started going to these, not, not only just the meetups, but they had these education events where they were doing presentations and I would sit there and I would go and listen and I would learn and I would take notes. Um, I've gone to real estate conferences. I've spoken at real estate conferences now. So uh, it's just little things like that where you just, you, you, you get to network and build these relationships and learn because education is the biggest piece. I, I don't care what you're going to invest in, whether it's going to be real estate, the stock market, even if you want to do crypto and NFTs or anything like that you need to educate yourself because if you go in blind, uh, you're going to have empty pockets very quick. Yes. And you don't want to be like the song, another one bites the dust. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike, with all your incredible knowledge and information, what is your CTA for the audience besides them going out there, submerging themselves and learning about it, researching, knowing who you're, you're about to partner with, knowing their background, what is their tie with money, do they have a good relationship, and really doing a SWOT analysis. And for those of you, that's your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. Then pair that with, okay, am I going to have a ROI? So return on investment, because you want to make sure that your money is working for you, not the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I would say, uh, Genesis, uh, my CTA on this would be is, is I, I have these what I call these four pillars to building wealth. Okay. We touched on one of them, right? I said, it's education. The next thing's going to be mentorship and coaching. So go out there as you're building this relationship, right. And you're meeting other people, uh, you know, you're going to find yourself a mentor or a coach, somebody who you can learn from, right. The next piece is networking and relationships, right. As you're, as you're going out to these meetups and you, you know, besides finding a mentor or a coach, there's so many people you can talk to, but building a relationship you know, you might find your next partner for a deal on something because you decided to put yourself out there and go to a meetup and just talk to people. 
you know, and even if you're an introvert, you could do it too. It's okay. You know, go out and just, and just ear hustle as much as you can until you work up the courage to go out and strike up a conversation, which, which is fine. Right. And then the fourth and final piece is going to be taking action. Right. Cause all those other three mean nothing if you do nothing. Right. So you have to take action in the end. Um, so I would say also like for me, if, if you want to reach out to me, you absolutely can. Um, I keep it easy for everybody. Now I made a new website called mikecavagioni.com and it has links to everything, everything else in there, including my podcast, average Joe finances, uh, everything, all my social media, feel free to reach out anytime. Happy to have this conversation with anybody that wants to talk about it. I absolutely love talking about finances and real estate with people. I geek out on this stuff. Uh, so I will make some time to make sure uh, we, we can have that conversation for sure. Amazing. And thank you um, so much, Mike, for just coming on here and sharing your insight with the community. All of your, well, your contact information will definitely be in the show notes, which now it's easy. It's MikeCavagioni.com. So I'll just put that website that ha- that is the one-stop shop to reach all things Mike. And audience, make sure you like, comment and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. For those of you that are interested in seeing the video, that could be done by going to our YouTube channel, which is at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for continuing to support the guests that I bring on as well as myself. Because of you, we're now ranked in the top 2% globally, trying to get up to Mike's level to be in that top 1%. But and that's out of 2.8 billion podcasts per www.listennotes.com for those metrics. And if you're interested in hearing a specific topic that we have not covered, please send me an email by going to genesisamariskemp at gmail.com or reaching me via my website, genesisamariskemp.net. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing one. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.